Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Perfect Love Ministries. I want to talk to you about the seal of God. So what is the seal of God? There are five verses in the Bible that refer to a seal of God, or an object or person sealed by God. John 6, 27 says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Second Timothy 2.19 says, but God's firm foundation stands, bearing the seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity Revelation 6 9 says when he opened the fifth seal I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God for the witness they had borne Revelation 7 2 says then I saw another angel ascending for the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea. Revelation 9.4 says, They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So the word sealed in the New Testament comes from a Greek word that means to stamp with a private mark in the interest of keeping something secret or protecting or preserving the sealed object. Seals were used for official business. A Roman centurion, for instance, might have sealed a document that was meant only for the eyes of his superior. If the seal were broken, the one receiving the document would know that the letter had been tampered with or read by someone other than the sealer. So Revelation 7, 3 through 4 reads, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. And 9.4, which reads, They were told not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green plant, or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So it refers to the group of people who have the seal of God and thus his protection during the tribulation. During the fifth trumpet judgment, locusts from the abyss attack the people of the earth with power like that of scorpions, Revelation 9.3, which reads, and Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. So, however, 
these demonic locusts are limited in what they can harm. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. The individuals who are marked by God are preserved. The seal of God during the tribulation is the direct opposite of the mark of the beast, which identifies people as followers of Satan. Yes, you heard me. Followers of Satan. So you're either following Yah, and you're sealed by him, or you're following Satan. It's either one. You can't serve two masters. Either love one, or you hate the other. But that's what it's going to boil down to. So Revelation thirteen sixteen through 18 says this. Also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So this is why we are to read God's word. The book of Revelation explains the mark of the beast in the right hand and the forehead. And you cannot buy or sell unless you have this mark. And Yah has just the opposite. He has the seal that he places on his people for protection. Paul speaks of the seal of God in the context of foundational truth. He tells Timothy that false doctrines are circulating and some people are trying to destroy the faith of believers. Then he offers this encouragement. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Found in 2 Timothy 2.19 But God's firm foundation stands, bearing the seal, the Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. The picture is of a building's foundation that has been inscribed with two statements, giving the purpose of the building. A church's foundation has been laid. Ephesians 2.20 Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In the eternal seal or inscription sums up the two aspects of faith, trust in God and departure from sin. See Mark 1.15 And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, Repent and believe in the gospel. The passage goes on to describe the contents of the great house so inscribed, vessels for honorable use and those for dishonorable use. If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. This, my friends, is why it's so important 
that we go before our Father in heaven and we ask him for forgiveness. We ask him for mercy, to show us mercy and forgiveness and to pardon our sins with his grace because we want the Father to use us for his honorable use. We don't want him to tell us on that on that day, depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. You know? That's a scary thing that he will say. And many people are on that broad path that leads to destruction away from you instead of towards him. And he says, if you hear the good news, come. You know, we are all invited to the wedding supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb. But you had to make that choice, you know. Don't put it off for tomorrow. Come to the Father, repent. Ask him for forgiveness and ask him to give you a new heart, to clean your heart, and um, to give you strength for the days ahead, to help you to overcome. Because you're not going to be able to do it alone. You're going to have to rely upon him like never before for food, water, shelter, everything. And he will take care of you. You just have to trust him and have faith. Do not put your faith in man. Put your faith in the Most High. So if anyone cleanses himself for what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So by asking the Father for forgiveness and asking him to cleanse your heart, give you a new heart, and to turn away from sin. Now, you can be used for honorable use to the Father, to be set apart, to be made holy, like your Father in heaven is holy, and to be ready for every good work, every good work that we do to glorify our Father in heaven. This is why we do these things, to bring our Father glory, not for our own personal gain, but to bring the Father in heaven gain. We do it because we are his. Jesus Christ bore the seal of God on him, God the Father has placed a seal of approval. John 6.27 reads this. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. So think about it. Those who are sealed by God are the ones in salvation are the ones that have accepted Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, as their Savior. You have to be saved. 
you have to call upon him and you have to believe in what he has done for you. On the stake, on the cross, salvation is only found through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to get into heaven but through the Son. So, he is the gate. He is the way. The ones that try to think that they can get through to get past him are thieves and robbers, is what he says. You can't get in heaven no other way. Only through Yahushua. Jesus Christ. Those who trust in Jesus also possess the seal of God. So it's really putting your your trust in him, putting up your shield of faith, putting on the whole armor daily. And we have to have our faith up at all times. That's your shield. That's what covers you. Abiding in him, hiding in him, making him your secret place your dwelling place, your refuge. So those who trust in Jesus also possess the seal of God, which is the Holy Spirit. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. It was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 reads this. In him you also, when you hear the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. It is good to know that God's children are sealed, secure, sustained amid the wickedness of this transitory world. So, that is it. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode speaking about what is the seal of God and that you have a better understanding what exactly that means. And may God bless you all and have a wonderful night.